there, everyone. It's Jeannie, Pistol Packin' Mountain Mama Health Nut. Welcome to Throw Out the Trash. I'm so glad you're here. This is the second time I'm recording this episode. I apologize. I had a few technical problems with some of the apps that I publish on, so I'm just going to redo it. So I hope you enjoy, and uh, we'll just get started. In today's All Things Health, I talk about coconut oil, how it's made, the health benefits, side effects, and how to use it for weight loss. I'll also give you two more weight loss tips from my top program, how to not overeat, and a trick to get more exercise in. And stay tuned for my second segment I call Mountain Adventures, where I share a story about a little critter who mistakenly got into the house. It's not what you think. But first I'd like to mention a sponsor for my podcast, 3 International. They specialize in high-quality nutritional supplements with cutting-edge bioavailability at the cellular level. I was asked which of the three products help with weight loss, and one is called Vitalite, which is not just a vitamin-mineral supplement. It's also a way to get your greens and fruits in, omega-3s, enzymes, and probiotics. When you give your body proper nutrients, you're less likely to overeat. And the second product is called Purify. Purify detoxes and cleanses five organs in your body, removes toxins from your body, helps your body absorb nutrients, and eliminates heavy metal toxins. Both of these products are perfect to supplement a healthy diet. You can research these products on my website, genieolson.iii.earth, and make sure to check the show notes to see how you can purchase them at the wholesale price. And one last thing... They're listed in the Physician's Desk Reference, and you can find that at www.pdr.net. So can you lose belly fat with coconut oil? Well, coconut oil has been around for thousands of years, and it's been used in some of the healthiest cultures in the world, like New Guinea, the Polynesian Islands, Philippines, and India. In fact, citizens in these countries tend to have less weight issues and less cardiac diseases. And in the past, coconut oil has been the target of negative campaigns, usually from competitor oil industries, and that seems to happen a lot in all industries. This disinformation led the mainstream media away from coconut oil. Of course it did, because the mainstream media seems to follow the wrong information. But there is a lot of good about coconut out there and a lot of good information. And then there's my own experience with it that says it's very healthy for you. So let's dive into how it's made first and then what the health benefits are. In an article I read by Lucy B., which is a company in the Philippines, explains how it's made and it's really interesting. They say that coconuts are in season all year long and grow in groups of 5 to 12 fruits each season. A new group begins to grow each month and a coconut palm tree produces 100 to 120 coconuts a year. It also takes one coconut 12 months to mature from a flower to a fully mature nut. The oil itself comes from the flesh of the coconut, the meaty part known as the kernel. This is the part that coconut milk comes from as well. Now, not all coconut oil is the same quality. There's basic coconut oil called copra or copra, and it's a dried coconut flesh made into crude coconut oil. It's called poor man's oil or dirty man's oil, and it just doesn't have the nutrients in it. It's usually made by large-scale industrial oil seed mills, and then the taste can sometimes be rancid or even moldy. 
Now, I've always known that you should use virgin or extra virgin coconut oil, and the reason is it is unrefined oil, which means it doesn't undergo high heat or extraction processes. The process to get extra virgin oil is done three different ways. Expeller cold-pressed, centrifuge, or fermentation. And I don't want to spend too much time on the processes because I want to get into why they're healthy for you and then what health issues they can help with. First, the why they're healthy for you. Coconut oil has medium-chain saturated fatty acids, or medium-chain triglycerides, also known as MCTs. Half of the fat content in coconut oil is lauric acid. Lauric acid is a saturated fat, and saturated fats have gotten a bad rap over the years, just like eggs. But lauric acid actually has many health benefits like being antibacterial, antiviral, antifungal, and anti-cancer. What more would you want in your medicine cabinet? Because there's a long list of health benefits, and I want to give you some of them. And by the way, some of these come from an article from Healthy and Natural World titled 33 Scientifically Proven Coconut Oil Uses and Benefits. Now remember, you want to use virgin or extra virgin coconut oil, not refined. Okay, so let's get into the, the health benefits. It's great to cook with because it's safe at high temperatures. It may boost your metabolism. It can assist with weight loss, suppress appetite, and reduce hunger. And this one, and then the one about metabolism, I'm going to go into more detail in a little bit. Okay, what else? It can protect your skin from some damage, from UV rays, as an 8 SPF. Now, it doesn't protect you from all of the sun's rays that can be harmful. It's a natural skin moisturizer, a makeup remover, can help with eczema and psoriasis, can reduce the appearance of fine lines and wrinkles. I wonder if it comes in gallon jugs. <laughs> it can help uh, treat stretch marks. It accelerates wound healing. My husband and I both had sores inside of our nose, and who knows why. It could be from working outdoors all the time, but we put some coconut oil on a cotton swab and then put it on the sores up in our nose, and then the next morning, the sores were gone, so it works. Okay, coconut oil can help treat acne. It can be added to massage oils. It improves dental health. My husband uses coconut oil every morning by swishing it in his mouth for about 30 minutes, and it's called oil pulling. Remember that coconut oil is a natural antibacterial, and he struggles with getting infections due to having rheumatic fever when he was a kid. And oil pulling has kept him off antibiotics many times, and it's also a natural teeth whitener. Just make sure not to swallow it. Always spit it out. Coconut oil may help balance your hormones and prevent some of the effects of hormonal imbalances. For my friends who are struggling with perimenopause and the first stages of menopause, maybe give this a try. It regulates blood glucose levels. Consuming coconut oil with your food results in slow-releasing energy that won't spike your blood sugar levels. It can reduce stress, and it has antidepressant properties. Because it's an antiviral, it can treat cold sores, preventing them from getting worse. Now, this is one I used coconut oil for, and it was a lifesaver for me, because during menopause, I struggled with chronic yeast infections and bacterial infections. And because coconut oil is antifungal and antibacterial, it helped me to eliminate the infections and brought a much-needed relief. And then it can also reduce inflammation. 
It can relieve arthritis symptoms because of the polyphenols that have anti-inflammatory and analgesic effects. It can moisturize your scalp and help with dandruff. It's also good as a leave-in hair conditioner that can strengthen your hair and even may prevent hair loss and can also help with dry hair. And here's one that I love. As I mentioned earlier, it helps with your metabolism, which helps reduce your waistline and lose belly fat. And I'll go into how to do this in just a little bit. It can actually improve bone health by strengthening your bones and preventing damage to bone health. Does it help with your liver? Well, it sure does. Coconut oil causes an increase in liver enzymes that protects it from toxins and inflammation. Because our livers are constantly filtering out junk, they would benefit from some extra help. It also helps with itchy red bug bites, which I had never thought of that one. And then the high content of the lauric acid can help reduce an enlarged prostate. And this makes sense since it's a natural anti-inflammatory. And scientists also note that it increases testosterone. Now let's go back to losing that belly fat, increasing your metabolism, suppressing your appetite, and reducing hunger. Just how does it do this? Coconut oil is considered thermogenic, which means that when you eat it, it tends to increase the amount of fat burning going on in your body. You burn more fat and store less on your belly. You also feel more satisfied so you don't consume as many calories. And I know it can be hard to get past that coconut oil is high in fat, because it has about 14 grams per serving. But remember what these fats do and how they act in the body. Now here's how to use coconut oil for weight loss. You consume one tablespoon 30 minutes before each meal. So that's three tablespoons a day if you eat three meals a day. And if you're doing intermittent fasting and you choose to eat one meal a day, have a tablespoon 30 minutes before that meal and then since it doesn't spike insulin levels, you could put a tablespoon in a cup of unsweetened tea or black coffee, maybe in the morning. That's if your one meal is in the evening. This will help, especially when you first start to fast, to take away the hunger pangs. But if you have digestive issues, maybe start out slow and just take one tablespoon a day and work up to three. The high fat content may cause loose stools, and it can cause problems if you've had your gallbladder out. Are there other side effects? Now, I don't agree with what I'm going to share, but I, I'll tell you anyway so you're informed. Because many health agencies say that because the fat content in coconut oil is saturated fat, that it may cause you to have high cholesterol. However, studies are coming out that says that this is not true. So we'll see in the next several years. But don't forget the fact that coconut oil also has beneficial fats that far outweigh the fact that they're saturated fats. And then one key point to remember is this. You need to be exercising and trying to eat right as best as you can for the coconut oil to work. Okay, let's transition now into my two top tips. Top tip number 13 is how to not overeat. So here's my suggestion. Fill your plate up once with the proper serving sizes. And I explain serving sizes in my episode titled Top Weight Loss Tips 1 and 2, Semi-Glutides, and a Mysterious Mouse. So I encourage you to give that a listen. So what you do is you put the correct serving sizes on your plate, and then that's all you get. You can even choose a smaller plate if you have larger plates that you normally use. And then once that food's gone, you'll just leave the table. 
start cleaning up the kitchen and putting the extra food away, or just go work on a project. And then don't go sit in front of the TV for the rest of the evening. And this is what will happen. Number one, you're going to feel better because you didn't overeat. And also you will have accomplished a task or you you have a clean kitchen. And because you remain active, the food won't convert to fat and linger on your belly and thighs. So give it a try and see what you think. Okay, tip number 14 is take the long route. Now I have a relative that whenever we would go shopping together, she would drive around and around the parking lot to find the closest parking spot. And if a space would become available on one aisle, and then she would see a car pulling out of another space on a different aisle that was closer to the store, we'd have to hurry around and get to that one. And I'm like, oh, for goodness sakes, can we just park already? But now most of the time, you want to get as close to the store as possible, especially if it's raining. But I encourage you to park in the very back of the parking lot. You'll get more walking in, and also you won't have to fight for a parking spot. And then try and take the stairs whenever possible. And maybe you're saying, but I live on the 57th floor on a high rise. Yep, take the stairs. Not only will you lose weight, but you'll become stronger. Wherever you go, take the longest route possible. You'll feel better and look better. Okay, I hope you found this All Things Health segment helpful. And do me a favor and please share this episode with one person who you think might benefit from it. And if you want to share your struggles or victories, I have a Facebook page called Throw Out the Trash, so feel free to check that out. Now, stay tuned while I share a story about an uninvited house guest. It's time now for Mountain Adventures. Life on a cattle ranch can get a little crazy sometimes. Sharing space with animals, snakes, and other critters can be amazing. Well, not the snakes, and sometimes not so amazing. I guess you could say that we invaded the animal space when we moved to our ranch 20 years ago. They go on with their life as if nothing happened when a house was built and humans moved in, and according to them, we humans just need to watch our steps and mind our own business. Well, it was early fall here in the Rocky Mountains of East Idaho. The weather had been beautiful with cool days, lots of sunshine, and beautiful yellow, red, and orange leaves on the trees. It just made you want to be outside. The air is so fresh and invigorating, who wouldn't want to be out in it? Even the critters loved it. One thing, though, about East Idaho is that the nights cool down to where you definitely need a jacket. And this is the time when spiders decide they need to come inside of the house, So I always spray the foundation, and that seems to keep them out. But still, I am aware of where I am walking in the house, lest one should scurry under my feet. One early morning, I wasn't being as aware of my surroundings as I should have been. My husband Nick was in his recliner, drinking a nice cup of hot coffee, just relaxing, half asleep, and I was buzzing around the house trying to get ready for work. I slipped into the bathroom just for a second, and as I turned around, that's when I saw it. The tail of a snake, I kid you not. That has always been a fear of mine, to see a snake in the house. Well, I screamed loud. And Nick was in the hallway next to the bathroom in about two seconds flat. Who knew my scream could wake him up so fast? When he got to where I was at, I was standing on top of the tub, and there was no way I was coming down. 
He asked me what in the world was wrong. I said, there's a snake. He said, a what? Kind of with a tone like, oh, really? But then I pointed to the floor, and there it was. A small snake about the size of a wooden pencil, only it had fangs. I strongly encouraged him to get rid of it. He told me, aw, it's just a little water snake. Just a little water snake? I told him, you do know that snakes don't belong in the house, right? So he went to the kitchen and he grabbed a pair of cooking tongs and he picked the snake up. I've since wondered why, if it was just a little water snake, why did he have to use the tongs? Well, he told me that he didn't think he could hold on to it. Well, anyway, he asked me what I wanted him to do with it, take it outside or flush it down the toilet. I thought for a brief moment about the two options. If he puts it outside, it would probably just come back inside. If he flushed it down the toilet, could it come back up? Of course, he assured me it couldn't, so I went with the flushing it down the toilet. However, I was very cautious and checked the toilet every time I sat down, you know, just in case. Once the snake was gone, I did come down off the tub. As I left the bathroom, I noticed a dark piece of string on the floor about two inches in length. It was near where the snake had been. I reached down to pick it up and it moved. It was a baby snake. That snake that just went down the drain was a mama snake. She must have pooped it out when we scared the living daylights out of her. My next thought was, well, where are the rest of the babies? Did she have them in the house somewhere? I was so freaked out. Well, this started the investigation. The worst thing Nick could have told me was, well, there must be a nest somewhere. Did you know that water snakes can have as many as 30 babies at one time, but eight is the average? Well, eight is way too many. I didn't want a snake nest in my house. So guess who got to crawl under the house in the crawl space? Yep, Nick. No way was I going down there. Luckily, he didn't find a nest or any more snakes, but he did find where water from outside had been leaking down the side of the foundation, and there was two small places that a snake could fit through. Once the snake got inside, he could crawl alongside the footing and into an opening in the floor of the bathroom cabinet. Nick doesn't know it, but I duct taped the hole in the bathroom cabinet shut. <laughs> We've never had a problem with water seeping inside the house, but this last summer... We averaged about one rainstorm a week, sometimes dumping three inches of water at a time. And because our house sits on a hill, with a steep hill behind it, all of the water gravitated towards the house, plus all of the rain from the roof. Now in Idaho we say roof, not roof. Roof just doesn't roll off the tongue. Well anyway, the next problem was figuring out how to fix the foundation so no more critters could enter. The solution is to dig down along the foundation and put some kind of rock or bentonite there and pack it down. I really hope that works. Now that we've had frost every night for the last several weeks, I haven't really worried too much about any more snakes because I know that snakes go into hibernation. Oh, thank goodness. Well, Nick wasn't too worried about them either, and he decided to go work on a project that needed to be done outside. He needed to put a new door in where a piece of plywood is that goes into a small storage area, and this will give us access from outside. On the ground outside, where the door will go, there were some old boards and pieces of tin. He was cleaning all of that up when another snake, yes, another snake, crawled out from behind a board by the foundation. 
by the foundation where the holes are. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. But this snake could hardly slither, it was so cold. So Nick picked it up, grabbed a shovel, and chopped its head off. Reminds me of a scene in the movie Monsters Incorporated, where light switches on in a camp trailer and you hear, Get the shovel. There's a gator in the house. Well, there ain't no more gators or snakes in the house, at least for the winter. Thank goodness. Well, hey, there's never a dull moment at the Enbaro Ranch. Remember this. When you've done everything you can do, that's when God will step in and do what you can't. He loves you. Jesus is your strength in times of weakness, and He really does love you. See you next time.